Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. Welcome to the Call That Girl Show. I'm Lisa Hendrickson, your hostess, and this is show number 81. If you want to check out my past shows and notes, you can go to callthatgirl.biz slash office365. All right, so if you've been listening to the past few shows, you've been hearing me discuss this possible merge with YouTube and doing live and maybe doing screen sharing. And let me tell you that uh, (laughs) I've had a hard time deciding what to do with this. So for right now, this is my official decision. I'm going to continue on with the podcast, try to do it every week and be more consistent and get back on that game because I really do enjoy the podcast itself. And I actually got a um, listener that said to me, hey, your uh, your MP3 has changed to MP4. And I've noticed the quality of using the Zoom product for the podcast is kind of crappier. And I do know that a lot of podcast people like the quality to be good. So that was another decision. So what I'm going to do is continue on with the podcast. And I'm going to also do a YouTube show So I can do the screen sharing there and do them live and, you know, because I like doing SEO, I can actually do just little clips instead of full one hours, which I'm not Lewis Rossman or Eli the computer guy or Gary Vaynerchuk. I just can't do what they do. And not that I want to do it, but, you know, as someone who looks up to those kind of folks, I have to do it my way. And I like short little clippies, I call them a lot better. So if you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel so you can at least get notifications, uh, just down below in the notes, there will be a subscribe button and you can get right to it from your Gmail account. All right, well, the first thing we're going to do is take care of this topic that I've been avoiding for a very long time, which is Outlook syncing. Then after that, we will do some uh, job updates, the all killer, no filler, stuff like that, and talk about some Microsoft Office 365 updates that have also been happening. Okay, so let's get into Outlook syncing. Now, I take a lot of break-fix calls all day long, and I get people that are using multiple computers, multiple devices, smartphones, iPads. They've got Google calendars, Outlook.com accounts, iCloud. I mean, it's really just a big hodgepodge of everything. And so... I have to kind of, when I take a client, dissect what's going on and decide what's best for them. Now, not all of my clients want to be on a Microsoft Exchange server. They don't want to buy a domain. They don't want to pay the five bucks a month. And I get it. But, you know, also when you use a third-party syncing tool, that can cost time and money as well with using services like myself to get it configured and set up and tested and everything else. So the first thing I always do is ask the client, this is a good tip for you folks out there doing break fixes before you go spend, you know, a couple hours fixing iCloud or Outlook.com is to find out maybe we should just migrate them to Exchange. I like doing that because that's a better option. But, um, you know, even some of my home users will buy a family domain, which I've talked about in the past. And that's good for families because they want to have their own accounts and stuff like that. But anyway, let's talk about the free stuff first. And I have some top favorites that when a client uh, calls in, I try to get them to use. And I do this by interviewing them. So the first thing I always do is I know they're using Outlook because they're calling me. That's not the problem. 
but it's their phones that I really have to ask about because if they have an Android phone, then some of these syncing tools won't work, such as iCloud and Outlook.com does work, but it doesn't work with the built-in of the Android. It works with the app, and there is a difference. If you have an iPhone, Outlook.com is configured built-in, which uses then when clients go to their mail button on their iPad, it's just right there. Their calendar is attached as well, and the contacts. But the app is, is its um, the app has its own little button, and everything's managed within the app there. So the first thing I do is ask them if they have an Android or an, uh, an iPhone, and that really helps me decide. Now, a lot of the calls I do take, the break fix ones, people already have iCloud, but sometimes iCloud isn't the best solution for anybody because it breaks often. So let's just start with, before I get, I, mean, I could literally talk about this subject for hours, but um, let's go back to my top favorite and then we'll go down from there. So my top favorite is Outlook.com, which is used to be the old Hotmail, which used to be Live.com, which used to be, uh, I don't even remember, Hotmail before that, maybe Live, I don't know. But anyway, they've now included an exchange server with the Outlook.com. So what I tell folks is um, sign up for a brand new Outlook.com account. And if you don't need the email for it, you know, just um, just keep that in mind because you only want to use it for the calendar and the contact synchronizing. Now, I love this this for a few reasons. One is because it almost gives you an exchange server. You don't get all of the benefits like, you know, the niceties of um, out-of-office replies and some other functionality. But for basic contact and calendar syncing, it works great. And um, I think they're kind of over the hurdles of all the problems that they had with the server upgrades and stuff. So anyway, I have folks set up a new Outlook.com account, and then it sets up in Outlook pretty good. Um, Outlook 2010, the old, the old version without the patch might not work. So keep that in mind. If you have the, the patch with 2010, which includes the hotfix, um, that should work just fine if... I do believe I have a video on YouTube about the hotfix if you need it for old 2010. But honestly, if you're using 2010, just upgrade to 16 because it makes it all better anyway. Um, and I wish we could say 13, but that's no more. Um, anyway, if you have 2013 or 16, the Outlook.com sets up. If you just go to uh, File, Email Accounts, Add a New Account, it should add really nicely when you're in the account um, settings, you will see exchange as the server. Then you know you're on the correct one. If you see, what's it called? Um, Active Sync, that's the old and it's probably going to break. So you might want to just create a new Outlook.com account at that point. But anyway, once you get it added in, it does add the calendar and the contacts. And then at that point, you can export out your current calendar, import it in there. Um, you might need to just to let you know, the import-export process can be sometimes funky. You might need to, here I'm going to do my computer and walk you through it, uh, if you want to take some notes, is in the calendar that you want to export, you can go to File, Save Calendar, and a pop-up box is going to come up, and it says iCloud, or excuse me, iCalendar Format, and then you hit More Options, and then you can pick the date range. And if you're doing the whole calendar, make sure that this person doesn't have like 12 years of calendar data because 
Outlook.com cannot handle that much. So you might have to go to specify dates and pick like the last year. And then when people are like, no, I have to have more than that. Well, keep it in the local calendar, but just don't put it in the Outlook.com because it, it has limits, okay? Trust me, I've been down that road of getting it down to just the last year and people don't like it. But, you know, if you want free, that's what you get. Uh, when you pick specified dates, you can pick availability. You do want to pick full details. Click the advanced button, hit show, and include all the details. Mark private and include attachments. That should do a pretty good job of exporting it to what's called the ICS file. And then you save that. And then you can actually go to the outlook.com if you want and import it from the browser. And then that makes it a little faster because it's coming downward and it'll come into your Outlook, or you can still import it into the Outlook.com account from the Outlook also. The contacts, now I think what I do, because I like the browser download faster, is I export out all the contacts, and then I go to the browser and import them in as a CSV file, and then the, uh, the browser gets the data first and then comes down to Outlook instead of it going the other way, which is an upload, which can be slower. But, you know, since I've been setting up all these folks, let me get back to my notes here. The Outlook.com generally doesn't break too much if you have the new server and the new Outlook. And, you know, I haven't really had anybody had that break. The people that are calling me the most were on the old servers and it broke. And I generally just remove the old one, add the new one, and they're good to go. So that is kind of my favorite free one. It still does take some time to set up. Then when you get that done on the computer, you have to do their iPads and their iPhones. Oh, and that, that could be some work, okay? <laughs> because you have to add the Outlook.com, and then you have to configure the calendar, and you have to configure the, excuse me, the contacts, and then they have to do testing. So that can take up to 45 minutes to do. So when people are like, it should just be easy. Well, it might be easy, but if they already have iCloud on their phone, you have to disable the contacts and calendar, and then they get the question, do you want to keep or remove the data from the iPhone? Well, I always say, well, I have a good backup, so you probably should remove it because otherwise you're going to have duplicates and nobody wants duplicates, right? And they don't because if you have duplicates, the only way to get rid of them is to refresh your phone back to factory because they're at that point hard-coded in. So it, uh, from all these years of doing this, I've kind of learned my lessons. And uh, I tell people, look, I have your backup and I have it backed up twice. So we're safe. Okay, now this is not my favorite really at all, but if people don't want Outlook.com and they still want to use that iCloud, you know, I have had success lately with installing iCloud on a Windows 10 computer in 2016, problem free, which that's originally how people do set it up, but that can break. And what happens when it breaks is the refresh button goes away so if you ever um, open up your outlook and the refresh button is grayed out it's not connected correctly so then there's two ways to troubleshoot it one is the easy way which is go to your i'll walk you through it here go to file options add-ins manage com add-ins and then hit go and make sure that the icloud button is checked which it should be then you might need to close Outlook, relaunch it, and see if it comes back up. If it does not come back up, then you have to pretty much go to the iCloud settings, log out, and then try logging in again, 
and then try seeing if you can apply the mail and um, calendar and contact setting again see if the refresh button comes back and if that doesn't work then you're in for the next level which is basically uninstalling iCloud completely you have to sign out the account disable it or excuse me sign out and then uninstall it reboot reinstall from scratch and that's like an hour you know but see those folks sometimes want to keep using their iCloud because they've got so many different family calendars and stuff going on and family contacts and they're really married to it so those kind of folks usually still want to stay with the iCloud I tend to get people to move over to Outlook.com if they don't have a lot going on with it and it's not going to be a huge changeover and hassle. I actually did have a client once that had uh, in his iCloud, I think like 10 distribution lists that did not migrate over and he was kind of ticked off. But I was like, well, we can go back to it and try fixing it again. And he knows it was a technical thing that wasn't my fault. So he opted to have his assistant just make all new groups. And it was a good time to go through the groups and the people anyway, so it wasn't like a total loss for them. But those are little things that you got to keep in mind, you know, that, that um, you know, people had one thing and now you're switching over and it might not work. And uh, I feel bad, but nothing I can do about it. It's technology. Okay, there's a couple other apps that I use. So, like, those are two, the iCloud and Outlook.com are for the iPhone. Those are the two best and favorites I use. Now, when people have... Um, Android, I have used a tool called G-Syncit, which is $20. You can download it for free just to test it. It's pretty easy to install. I think it's from the company, let me go look, I think it's called Fieldston. Uh, Fieldston Software. Let me see here. I'll make sure I have it right for you guys. Okay, yes, it's called Fieldston Software, and it's called G-Syncit. It's a download, and be sure before you install any, actually, programs, which I always do is I always back up the calendar and the context to CSV files anyway, because you got to have that data in case something really messes up. But anyway, G-Syncit actually gives you a warning, too, when you're installing it to make sure you have a backup, okay? Now, what this G-Syncit tool does it will synchronize the Outlook with your Gmail calendar and contacts. And uh, most of the folks that use that have the Android because the Android already has built-in Gmail syncing, which people love. So there's no really app for it, okay? It just syncs with their phone. And that's why you always hear me say Android and Gmail are together and iPhone and, you know, and Outlook seem to work better. So the G-Sync tool, I've probably set up, I don't know, just a... Most of my Android folks use that one and it's pretty easy to install. They do have updates on occasion and um, sometimes you just have to update the program. Make sure you pay for it if you have more than 50 contacts because only does 50 as the sample. Um, if you don't have any contacts, I think the calendar is free. I don't know why they do that, but they do. Okay, and then there's another program that I don't use and I haven't used in a long time. It's called Companion Link. I think I have one client lingering on it still, and I have got hopes to move her to Exchange one day. But um, until that day comes, <laughs> she still uses it, and she actually does it through her Wi-Fi in her house, and she syncs it that way. And um, that's kind of like, to me, very old school, but it still works for her. And I think she paid, I don't know, 20 bucks for that too, a long time ago. 
it's a little difficult to configure nowadays because they give you so many configuration options. But, um, you know, for the most part, I did that before G-Sync it. And so now G-Sync has kind of replaced that. G-Sync it, by the way, is really only for Google. Okay, so that's all I use it for. The other one that folks still call me about is iTunes. Now, iTunes syncing to me is very outdated. I don't like fixing it. And when people call with iTunes, I tend to get them to first I do Outlook.com as an option, then iCloud. Um, I really don't like using iTunes because it doesn't understand the when you have a 2016, it picks this computer only as a default. It's hard to configure. And let me just tell you with iTunes, there's three opportunities for iTunes to break. Well, actually, I'm going to add this to as an EndNote. All of these programs can break from Windows 10 updates, Windows 7 updates, Windows 8 updates. That can break it. Plus the Office 365 2016 Seems to have an update about every single day that can break any add-in or any program. And it can also break iTunes, which I saw it happen two weeks ago. And also iTunes has an update, which can break it. Okay. So the unfortunate part is <laughs> Windows 10, Outlook, Office, and iTunes can all get an update and break it. And then you got to fix it again. That's why I just like using, you know, the two that seem to be in the cloud the most, Outlook.com and Exchange, because if Outlook breaks, you can just get a fresh download of your mail and everything comes with it. You know, not so bad. Okay. And then there's two other programs that I don't use. I've never set up, but my clients are tending to use it. I'm getting more calls that, that people have it set up and I tell them, look, I do not set this up or support it. So you did it yourself. And I try to help them. One is called code two. And I think that does more folder syncing within Outlook. And I think it's best used for like teams. Uh, let's see code two here. I think it's like to synchronize, uh, folders in the calendars and the contact lists with third party apps. I really don't know because I just don't use it. Um, they are a Microsoft partner. And if you go to their website, code two, spell it out, uh, C O D E T W O. Um, they got, a, you know, a lot of folks in the big world are using it. Um, I just don't, it's not something I've ever needed to learn and support. The other one is sync to, which I just saw on a client's the other day. And I think that's kind of similar and it might even be part of that other company. I really don't know. Um, sync to says it does outlook and Google calendar. Uh, between computers, devices, shared network, FTP. So those are the, my last two I'm just telling you about. I've never really used it or supported them. I have nothing to say. I don't even have a testimonial, but I know that my clients have used them and I'm aware of it. So that's kind of the top list here for Outlook syncing tools that I've used, supported my favorites. Um, there's probably plenty other ones out there. But I can tell you that from my point of view, what the, with the kind of work I do, I have to have the same consistency with my clients. So unfortunately, um, for the free options, Outlook.com is uh, a better choice than iCloud for me. So, and the thing is, I want to put my clients on a tool that's going to not break. You know, I can't control Outlook not breaking, but the tools I just don't want to break because I don't want them calling me saying, why did you set me up on this junk? You know, I don't want to get those kind of calls. Mm -mm. 
All right, so now let's move on to some jobs I did last week. Um, I'm going to teach you guys a couple things about these jobs, too, because uh, a lot of people don't know all this stuff like because they don't get enough calls for it. But if you get an upgrade from Outlook 2010 to 16, let's say, or you set up a new profile, sometimes your clients might be like, hey, I had a bunch of category colors and they're all missing. Well, I'm going to tell you right now how to get that set up here, okay? Um, first thing you want to do is go to your mailbox folder list on the left-hand side, right-click on the email name, and this is in 2016, and that usually is standard at the top, okay? And right-click and go to Data File Properties, and then go to the very bottom of that page, Upgrade to Color Categories. Now, once you click that, it gives you a Do You Want to Upgrade Multicolored for Follow-Up Flags, Calendar Labels, color categories. It can take some time depending on the number of stuff, blah, blah, blah. It will take time. So if you click that button, hit apply and okay, and you go back to the contacts and your client's like freaking out, well, the colors aren't there yet. I always say, let's give it an hour or two <laughs> because then they can sit and watch it and you don't have to, and you don't have an excuse because it can take an hour or two. Now, if they don't come back after that, that's not something you can control. It is Outlook, and I hate to tell folks, sometimes they've had to remake their category colors. And it's not challenging to do, but that's just something that you should be aware of before you do that and tell clients that, okay? In fact, I'm getting so many people that want it now that I'm adding it to my migration survey, um, which maybe I'll talk about that on my next show. I created a new exchange migration survey based upon all the little problems people, excuse me, are having with every little thing. Well, where are my rules and where's this and where's my quick parts and what happened to that? And, you know, there's a lot of working pieces in Outlook that when you do a migration, people want those extra little things. And that does take time, which time equals money. So if people have... 16 little fine-tuning things I have to do, that's going to be more of a cost for their migration, which categories is one of them, if it's not the easy click button. Then also, if you have a PST file that happens to have a category color involved, now I'm trying to look on my Outlook here to see if I can walk you through it. Um... The categories in a PST file, you can go and right-click the PST file in the folder list, go to Data File Properties, and there's a little secondary thing. You can upgrade to color categories there, but this is a second tip. There's also a little button that's only in PST files that says Display Reminders and Tasks. A lot of times people, when you import a calendar or contacts, it the reminders don't pop up anymore, and that's where that is right there. And let me just tell you, I had to Google that one. <laughs> I did. And I just was like, wow. Okay. I learned something new and I'm going to share it with you folks because there's always something to be learned here at Call That Girl. And I don't mind admitting when I find it in the Google. Okay. Um, so this past week I did a couple migrations. I'm feeling the, it's coming back around. You know, my lull after my trip kind of lifted and I had a good week, you know, and um, actually I had two, well, it started to pick up the week before last, but last week was a pretty good week and, um, you know, I'm feeling like my vibe is back on again, but uh, don't worry, there's always going to be Outlook problems. 
Now the next client I helped, now this is a big tip for you folks out there, is uh, AVG. I've had three clients in the last two weeks that have had this software cause problems. Um, one of them, the pop account got messed up because AVG's plugin got funky. I don't know, but let me just tell you that I don't like having antivirus in the add-ins and outlooks options. Okay. To me, the antivirus is covering the whole computer. So if you're in outlook and you open up an email and it has a virus and AVG should catch it in the window side as well, even if it's an outlook, right? Cause you're opening something like, uh, you know, you're opening something that the computer will recognize and AVG. Um, one of the things that I had to do with this client was, um, let me try to think of that job first. Their AVG add-in was enabled and once I disabled it, everything worked fine. For some reason, the add-in would not allow email to send. That was the big problem there. Another client I was setting up a pop account and we couldn't get the send to authenticate. And once I disabled AVG, which I believe I had to go to the taskbar and the notifications and I had to right click on it and say, shut off AVG for like 10 minutes. Then I could test it. And I told the client, okay, so this is your problem. We tested it. He saw it, he knew it. And I was like, you either need to call AVG and say, how do we get this? So it'll get through their program and allow it to work or whatever the case. But you know, I don't deal with antivirus really. And, um, I tell folks, Hey, you know what? Not every program is the best for outlook, you know? Um, then they said, what do you use? And I'm like, Oh, I just use windows defender <laughs> and, um, Malwarebytes. So <laughs> I, I've just used it for all my, you know, many years of computing. It works for me but I also have a daily backup on my computer by Backblaze. So I feel a little more protected, but, um, just be aware of that. And the other thing is team viewer. Don't forget. I've talked about this before, uh, team viewer plugin, which is in the add-ins of the outlook, which if you're listening to me going, what are you talking about? Go to outlook, open it up and go down to options and then add-ins. And then at the bottom says manage com add-ins hit go. TeamViewer meeting add-in seems to really snag up Outlook also. So if you're a technician and you use TeamViewer with your client, go and disable that because that really has no value. You still can get through your, um, your, with your TeamViewer without that there. And then you'll have less of a problem in time with that for sure. But, uh, watch for your antiviruses, watch for TeamViewer. Um, then I had a client that called in. And here's what I told him. I kept laughing with him, not at him, but I was like, man, this guy had every single technology flowing that he could. And, and this happens a lot with people because they get excited when they hear about something, they want to add it to their collection of tech toys. So the guy had, um, I think a Comcast account using Outlook and he had um, iCloud and he had a Google calendar and I think he had an Android tablet and something else. Uh, I forgot what else, but anyway, I didn't know how to start this job. I was like, Oh my God. When I remoted in, I was like, we got to figure this out. And he's like, well, look, all my calendar stuff is broken. I was like, okay, you're on iCloud. That helps us here. Let's figure it out. And with all the mess that this 
client had just kind of going with all the technologies, we finally got it down to where we ended up moving him to an exchange account, which was better because he actually owned a business. And I was like, well, look, you know, um, you're using Comcast for your email. And if you're listening, you all have business clients that use Comcast or gmail.com or something. And, you know, outside of the security issue, which most of them don't have um, authentication set up correctly, you know, it doesn't look good for their for their company to be using Comcast for their business and Gmail. So literally I told the guy within 15 minutes, look, you know what, you own a business that's, you know, 12 bucks a year to pay for your domain, five bucks a month for exchange. I can have all this figured out in the same amount of time, even if I was to do the free one. And he was like, done, let's do it. And, you know, I, I just didn't want to misquote the time, but I'm like, look, if we're going to spend two hours redoing this, do it for something that's going to matter in the future. And he agreed, you know. I think a lot of people, also when you talk to them about setting up their own domain and email, a lot of them just didn't know that they could do that. Or, you know, because they just got so used to emailing from their Comcast and Gmail accounts that they were like, well, maybe I should do my own company. I think it gives them a little kick, you know. And no, they don't have to have a website set up and anything like that. Because a lot of businesses don't need websites, you know, what depends on what they do. But, um, well, anyway, so that takes me to my next client who I'm going to speak about with Gmail. Uh, now, this fella, I believe something happened with a Google Apps issue. And I don't really remember how it even started, but... He was working with another tech company that didn't know Outlook very well. And they ended up misconfiguring something and he had a lot of missing emails. So I'm trying to explain Gmail IMAP versus Google Apps Mappy, okay? Which I'm wondering if one day it's going to go away because supposedly 2016 doesn't support Mappy. But they still do as of right now because that's what it's set up under. But anyway, what I told the client was, look, we have a mess with this current Google Apps Sync profile so let's go get you a fresh one and the thing with these google apps sync tools is that you can actually download as much as one gig four gigs i think two is also an option or unlimited now i don't really recommend the unlimited unless you you know you really for sure want everything downloaded and so you could be offline with it and not have to go online and search now, if you've got like under 10 gigs, that's probably okay. If you have 20 gigs, I wouldn't do unlimited. 30, definitely not. And um, the, the point for this client was he just had a lot of missing email in the past like year. So what we ended up doing was creating a um, Gmail IMAP profile and downloaded everything from the server. And it took a couple days or whatever, but we got it all down. I made an export of it, so we had a full copy, and then we created, uh, I think I did it before the IMAP profile, um, I only allowed four gigs to be downloaded, because I told the guy, look, you go, you know, on the road all the time, so you don't need the unlimited, because that can be a snag up, but I already have a backup for you now of your entire mailbox, so that can be like your archive, or whatever you want to call it, storage. And once we opened up his other Google app sync profile, which brought down four gigs, which was fine. Um, cause he wanted the calendar and contacts to be synced up. We, um, added the backup PST file and all of the emails he was missing. We can move up to the Google apps 
Well, I told him that could be his choice was to um, move it over. Just leave it there. And he was like, I'm just going to leave it there because I just want to get to it if I need it. And um, through all that work, it was a lot. But I taught the guy a lot about Outlook. He was, um, he really likes Outlook himself and he likes doing stuff. So it was a really good, like, you know, teaching exercise for him to let me teach him things. And I like people like that because then they, you know, they're preventative and then they know also. A lot of folks don't understand the preventative parts of Outlook, which I have to be preventative every time. <laughs> it's very important to me. Then a weird call I took this week was uh, Adobe had an update and it would not let her in her Outlook save as. So she'd get a PDF file and she would double click it. And what she usually does is go to save as and then it saves into her uh, like her uh, Windows File Explorer into her documents, whatever. And it was coming up gray. And I was like, oh man, this could be a million things. So I decided to check her Windows updates. There was no current updates. I went and looked and I did see an Adobe update. And then I looked at her Outlook updates. And I think I tried that first, just in case. But really what fixed it was the Adobe... Um, when you open up Adobe, uh, it actually, in the help option, it says fix repairs or something like that. And that, once it was done, it worked again. So that was my quick fix. Sharing that with y'all because um, it was it took me a half hour to figure that out after dinking around a little bit. But I figured it out. Okay. And then I helped a guy <laughs> that kind of called me in a panic in an afternoon and really what he had was an AT&T apps password issue. And this is really starting to suck for folks because they're not, you know, everybody wants the security layers of two-step and all that stuff. But really, the um, apps password is now the new security. So you can't set up a new device without the password of that, which is not the email password. And once I got that set up for him, I think it was seriously uh, 20 minutes. Um I was like, yeah, you're done. And I was like, so I'm going to leave you with a 30 minute credit. And the guy was actually like, yeah, I don't really care about that. I'm just happy you fixed it. And so, um, I hope I don't need you again. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, I like clients like that, but see, I do have a one hour minimum. And so when calls are less than 30 minutes, I do, um, generate a credit for them if they need me again. And I bet you anything he'll call me on it again, but you know, that comes to where I'd love to sell everybody a prepaid ticket, but see, he had just one basic email account and nothing else. And a lot of my clients, you know, that have just that one issue, they don't need an ongoing support ticket because they might not have a problem for a couple of years, you know. But I felt pretty happy about that guy, him telling me he didn't need me. <laughs> I was like, all right, sweet. <laughs> um, then I did a kind of an awkward Office 365 consult. Excuse me, it gets to be the dry season again here in Vegas, so a lot of water. Um, this guy emailed me with, I mean, seriously, I haven't seen so many questions about Office 365 in a very long time. What he really wanted was to use the new Office 365. It's called the Outlook Contact Manager. And this job is going to flow into my Microsoft update section. So I'm going to make this my last one so I can talk about this more in depth. So Office 365 has the basic programs, right? 
Exchange, Office, SharePoint, OneDrive, Yammer, Delve, Sway, you know, whatever. But what Microsoft does is they market their products how I think they want people to buy them, which seems more exciting or sexy. They've never really marketed SharePoint at all. So the basic user, you know, that uses SharePoint don't really even, well, they usually use OneDrive. And then when that breaks, I tell them to go to SharePoint and they love it, you know. But what Microsoft is doing now is they're banking on a few new of their their um, new programs that I think, like I said, are a little more sexier to people. First one is the Microsoft Bookings. Now, the Microsoft Bookings um, program, I just did a review of it on YouTube. So if you go to Microsoft Bookings Review, you'll find my YouTube there. I just did a quick little... Here's my thoughts on it. It's not ready for prime time yet for not what I need. I'm an international, you know, technician who supports people in Australia and other time zones. And the time zones not matching up was a deal breaker for me, first of all. The people in Australia that I tested with said, nope, it shows your time zone. I'm like, well, that's not helpful. But bookings is supposed to be their quote unquote big thing. Well, it's great because, you know, if you have a scheduling situation with, let's say, four sales reps, yeah, it's great to use the online scheduler. Internally, maybe. So an assistant, you know, if they don't want to use the calendar, they can use the bookings program. I mean, there's multiple functions for this program, but for outside people, I don't think it's ready yet. But like I said, Microsoft's kind of banking on that. The other one they're really wanting to flip over is people to the planner, which... um I've only had a couple of my friends who who are on office that are like, yeah, it's getting better. But it's supposed to be like Trello, which is like a project management, which I think Trello, which I'm not even 100% sure, is like an upgrade from Microsoft Project. But it's more appy, happy online and more little fast moving and people like it. And it's not like a desktop app. But I really don't have a team to practice with the planner and I don't have the experience with it. And unfortunately... I don't get a lot of client calls for it either. But anyway, the other program is um, Teams. Now, I had a client that helped last week that um, we were kind of ending an install session and we had two people on the call and he was like, hey, what's that Microsoft Teams? Can we download and test it? And I was like, sure. Well, we did it simultaneously on two computers and both of these guys were like so giddy I've never seen two guys get so excited about a program ever. They were like instantly involved. And what the uh, Teams is, is supposed to be similar to the program Slack, which is kind of like an upgrade from Google Hangouts and chat where you can actually do more things with it. You can have team communications. You can share graphics, share files. You can share links. It's almost like Notepad or no, not Notepad, OneNote. But in a team environment, it's constantly running. There's, you know, you can actually do camera sharing and video conferencing of sorts. Again, I don't have a team of people to practice with. It's just me. So I've always, you know, I just go with what the clients want. And they, those two guys were like, we love this. Oh, my God. We're going to set everybody up on the team. So the teams are supposed to be really hot and the bookings and then the planner. Now, of course, they've also released uh, the Dynamics CRM Office 365, which is, let me just tell you now, Dynamics CRM is not a small program that you can just click, install, and run it, okay? It is actually, from my opinion of it from years ago, 
it's it's needs to be administrated, managed, designed. I mean, it's a real functioning on its own kind of program. Microsoft has now added it to its little apps list. People are starting to get excited about it. They're like, well, I want to use it. It's a CRM system that's included. But actually, if you click on the app button, you're going to find that um, it's it's not free. Um, the enterprise level end user license is $110. I think you can get a tiny version for eight bucks a month per user. But I mean, if you're going to jump into this, you better make sure you use it and you know how to use it and it integrates with your Outlook and your SharePoint and everything else you need with it because it's not cheap and it's actually, you know, a big program. <laughs> it's just not like SharePoint where you can go put files in it, you know, but I think that the new business, now hold on. It's called the Outlook Contact Manager. <sighs> now, here's how I'm trying to explain this program. I haven't seen it yet. It hasn't been released to me in my account yet. I have Business Premium. It's not out yet for me to go test it. But um, Diane Premsky has it, and she put out a on her Slipstick website just a little chat about it. Um, supposedly, it's supposed to be like a replacement for Business Contact Manager. But if you've ever used Business Contact Manager from 2007, which was when it was kind of in its heyday, and 2010, that's a whole program on its own too that you could use within Outlook. So it was kind of cool. But it actually runs off a little SQL server and database out of your computer. So it's not just like a, oops, a plug-in. It's a real functioning program. And with the database, which I still don't even 100% understand, um, it's, you know, it has a lot of configuring. I happen to know two people in Seattle that are experts in it, but anyway, they discontinued BCM. Now get this, this is so messed up. Business Contact Manager, they decided it was not going to be continued anymore past Outlook 2013. So right there, you couldn't use it with 2016. But now let's go back a few weeks. They don't let you use Outlook 2013 anymore. You can't download it, so people are forced to 2016 which means they cannot use BCM at all. So let's say you have a messed up 2013 Outlook and you have to upgrade your BCM. Gone! <laughs> okay, so this is really going to be a problem for some folks. Well, their new upgraded Outlook contact manager, I have no idea if it can be BCM integrated. I have no idea of anything about it. It's on my to-do list though. And um, the thing is, I want to play with it and get to know it. If I can support it, I will, because that's a product that I would probably get a lot of calls about. And hopefully if it's not too, um, you know, it's in a cloud-based thing, so I don't have to configure the back end of it. I'm hoping I can just, you know, figure it out and support my clients with it. But that BCM is going to be, ooh. People, I don't think you can just import-export that database, because I don't think the contact manager is going to be a local Outlook thing. I think it's a plugin that kind of like planner has a plugin and all that stuff. And that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. But I don't know. This year's already messed up for me. We're only in the second quarter and they've already done a few big, you know, things I'm not thrilled with, like removing my 2013. But uh, we'll see. It's April. We got 10 months left of this or eight months. Okay, so anyway, back to the guy. <laughs> he he actually started sending me all these emails, and he was so excited to get into the platform. But they haven't uh, migrated anything yet. They haven't tested much. And I told him, look, 
If you want to be the first guy to go test the program, you're going to be the one who sends in debugging reports to Microsoft. You're going to be the one that gets so far and gets ticked off because what you want isn't ready yet or doesn't work or it fails or bombs out or crashes Outlook. And that's, I don't want to be that person, honestly. You know, I wouldn't mind if you wanted to test one product with me, then mean you can play with it. But, you know, I, you know, some of these products that people get excited about and then they flunk. They fail right away and then Microsoft's like, ah, fooey, we're not going to do it because it sucks so bad. And I don't think they actually do a lot of testing with real clients. I think they do their own, like, Costco. <laughs> I think their fake account that they use. I mean, they love doing their own things that are in, you know, very, um, what's the word, controlled environments. They're not working with people that have really messed up shit going on. You know, that can, like, my clients can really mess up stuff really quickly. And then they call me and I have to go on, you know, figure, I have to go figure out what's wrong. Microsoft does a program without, you know, any uh, issues of, of things like fields not working and, and bad data and stuff. I just think they just hope it works and, hey, it works and we're going to release it, you know. I guess that keeps me in having a job, so. Okay. Well, anyway, I didn't really have much else this week, folks. I really wanted to get that syncing tools off my plate. I wanted to talk about the new products. Um, I think this week's show, we're going to end it on a good note. I am going to start those little YouTube clippies. I don't even know what I'm going to call them, but I call them clippies because they're going to be short. What those are going to be is mostly um, SEO titled stuff because in YouTube, you definitely want people to search something and then they find you. So it's going to be an SEO titled thing. And it's probably going to have to do something with what I worked on that day. I don't know. But I hope you subscribe. And I hope you share it and like it and be supportive and all that stuff. Um, but that's it. I'm going to wrap up the show. I'm um, not sure what next week's topic is going to be. Mm, I'm not sure yet. We'll see. But um, anyway, if you have any questions, want uh want to be a guest on the show i haven't had a guest in ages i might try to pull in that sys admin guy maybe he'll be on my show we could talk some federation level stuff he's a sys admin for a big company i think he's the vice president so maybe we'll see if paul will join me i don't know anyway if you have any questions or want to email me you can contact me lisa at call that girl biz remember i have my ebooks available um the hot one is how to um Call That Girl's Guide to How to Do an Exchange Migration. And uh, the SEO for WordPress is really a good one if you own a small business. My remote support books. And don't forget I have my Outlook training for technicians video set as well. This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production. Audio supported by Mitch Heyman. I will see you guys next time. Hopefully next weekend. See you later. Be proud and feel that sound. Keep marching forward and you'll wear that.